Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Have you tried peanut with your baby yet? So intact nuts and thick globs of nut butters are choking hazard for babies. So we can't do that, but we do need to get peanut protein into your baby early and often to help lower the risk of peanut allergy down the road. So my favorite way to do peanut for baby lead weaning is using the Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs. Now, these are not those little starchy puffs that earlier eaters can't pick up, the ones you see at the grocery store in the container that oftentimes contain added sugar, sodium, and refined grains. No, the Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs have no added sugar. They're about the size of your adult pinky finger, which is the perfect length for baby lead weaning. So I have students and parents always asking about like different puffs. I saw one today that a mom asked me about. It had three different allergens in it, which makes no sense because you can't observe for a reaction if your baby is trying three new allergenic foods at once. How do you know which of the ingredients is causing the reaction? The only potential allergenic ingredient in the Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs is peanut. You can get 15% off of Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs if you use my affiliate discount code BABYLED. So head to puffworks.com and enter that code BABYLED, L-E-D, at checkout. And good luck to you guys trying peanut. The reality is we can't extract the baby from the high chair every single time they bust. There's definitely some coping strategies that you can implement so that you're not removing the baby. Because I know you've noticed, but your baby's super smart and you take them out they're going to be conditioned to expect you remove them every time that they fuss. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. Hello there. Welcome all of the parents and caregivers of the babies who will not sit in the high chair. I'm talking to you, but really to your babies. Like, do you have that baby who will not sit in the high chair? What do you do if they cry or they don't like it or they fuss? Well, we are going to dive into some coping mechanisms for babies who do not like to sit in the high chair. And I'm trying to start some solid foods with you. So I need you to be in the high chair. Now, I like to start each of these mini baby led weaning trainings out with a tip of the day. And today's tip is the high chair really is the safest place for your baby to eat. And even though you might be tempted to extract your baby from the high chair when they fuss, your baby is also very smart. I know you know, but your baby is going to easily become conditioned to know, hey, if I fuss, this nice lady or this nice guy, this nice person's going to come and get me out of this contraption. So. Hang tight. I'm going to be sharing some tips, a couple of different strategies for how to calm your baby down and get them back to a place where it's safe to be offering new foods. Because the reality is if your baby is freaking out, we cannot be offering them new foods because a baby who's freaking out is primed to choke on foods. So even if your baby isn't the biggest fan of the high chair right now, here's a few strategies that might work for you inside of this episode. So I want to share a quick story about a mom I was just working with, my friend Arlene. So I was doing her baby Jacob's first 10 days of baby led weaning. We were doing it mostly for Instagram, but she was actually on the podcast. I interviewed her 
a while back in episode 190. That was the episode, it was called Why This Mom Decided to Do BLW After Spoon Feeding Her First Three. So that's my friend Arlene Peck. And this is her first time doing baby led weaning. So she's my friend that had three really picky eaters. She had kids like before all of us. So her kids are a little bit older now. And then she has an eight and a half year gap between baby number three, who's now eight and a half years old, and baby Jacob. So it's her first time doing baby led weaning. Super hopeful that this approach is going to help her sidestep some of the challenging picky eating situation that she has been in the past with her older kids. So day one, Jacob shows up to my house because I do all my baby feeding at my house. She lives close to me. And I had gotten her a Nomi high chair. And we put Jacob in the high chair. He like literally loses his you know what. And she says, oh, I forgot to mention, Jacob hates being strapped into things. Like he hates the stroller and he hates the car seat. He freaks out. He hates all of it. So apparently he hates being in the high chair too. I was like, okay, I've got like the first foods prepared for him. But like, you can't do it if the kid's not going to sit in the high chair. So let's look at a couple of scenarios. I'm going to share what I did with Jacob, but also some other ideas that have worked for other babies that I've worked with in the past. The first one is Jacob didn't like being strapped in the high chair. So we went no straps. If you're using a high chair, like the Stoka Trip Trap or the Nomi high chair, they have this baby guard that essentially is going to hold a six-month-old baby in. Now, you read the manufacturer's materials and it says you have to strap the baby in. But is your six-month-old baby going to climb out of the high chair? Heck no. I have, in my experience of literally feeding thousands of babies, encountered one baby who could climb out of a high chair at six months. If that's your baby, yeah, you got to strap it in. You know your baby best. If you've got that plastic baby guard around them holding them in and you've got their feet resting flat on the footrest, and even if they pop up a little bit, they're not going to fall out of the high chair. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and works with your lifestyle as a parent or caregiver. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on the journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. And getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. And I think this is particularly true for parents. because I know firsthand how you can feel torn between your old baby-free, carefree self and this new, very challenging role of parenting a small person. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness, and understanding, as well as talking through, things that can help you know what you want or why you react the way you do. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month today. Now, there are straps and you can put them on if you want to, but if you have the baby, who doesn't like to be strapped in, it's okay to leave the straps off, in my very humble opinion. Why? Think about it. Early on in baby led weaning is when your baby is at a slightly higher risk of choking, right? They've never had anything in their mouth except breast milk or formula. And while we know that baby led weaning does not increase the risk of choking as compared to traditional spoon feeding, provided that parents are educated about reducing choking risk, we also know that choking is a very rare but a real risk. So in the event that your baby would have a choking incident, you want to be able to really easily extract the baby from that high chair. And you don't want to be fumbling with or dealing with a five-point harness that you don't really know how to use because you just got it. You know how baby stuff is. Like you got that car seat and you're like, this is impossible. And then you do it a hundred times. You're like, this is so easy. I can do it in my sleep with one finger. It's kind of like that with the high chair straps. Also with the bibs, be careful with some of those contraption bibs or like tent-like ones. There's one that goes over the baby's head now, or goes over the whole tray, completely restricts their range of motion. Steer clear of those. Those can actually inhibit your ability to extract your baby from the high chair. 
I'm perfectly fine with baby Jacob asking his mom, are you okay with this? Like, let's sit him in here. Let's see how he does. If we don't put the straps on, he actually was a little bit more chill. So technique number one, depending upon your high chair, see if you're comfortable doing no straps if that makes your baby more comfortable. Once they start popping up, moving around a little while into baby led weaning, yeah, yeah, you got to put the straps on. But early on, there's definitely certain high chairs like the Trip Trap and the Nomi that there's another guard to hold the baby in and the straps might not be necessary. Second, what about taking a break? If the baby's freaking out, like you're working something new into the schedule, right? I know you got your schedule down with your naps and your playtime and your tummy time. And then you get thrown for a loop with this new, oh, I got to do solid food stuff. It just might not be the right time for your baby. It's totally fine to take a break. It's okay if the time that you decided the baby's going to eat the solid food, the baby has decided, I'm not into this. So with Jacob, we took him out of the high chair. We put him down on the carpet. We gave him a toy to play with. I actually got some video of him sitting upright to show you guys. This guy's sitting up and ready to start solid foods. He was chilling. Put him back into the high chair a few minutes later. Just build in that pad where you might have to take a break and don't get mad at yourself or be frustrated if your baby decides that they're not in the mood for eating at the very 15-minute like increment that you decided the baby's going to eat. The next strategy is to have a snack. Very early on in baby led weaning, that baby is not eating in response to hunger. We don't want your baby to be starving when we come to eat solid foods because they're going to freak out. They don't know how to eat. So the food, there's no way it could possibly alleviate the sensation of hunger early on. So you got to kind of find that sweet spot where your baby's like satiated enough that they're not starving, but not so super full of milk that if when they start solid foods, they gag and that gag elicits a vomit response. You can expect a little bit of vomiting in baby led weaning. Actually, one of the most downloaded episodes on this podcast is episode 20, all about vomit and what do you do if your baby vomits during baby led weaning. You guys are gross, but you love vomit. But we really want to build in a little bit of a pad. And so a pad meaning from the end of the milk feed to the beginning of the food feed, some babies will need, in the case of some bottle fed babies, up to an hour. If you give a baby a huge bottle, they might need an hour. Now, we weren't going to take an hour break with Jacob because his mom was at my house to start solid foods. She's like, I'm not going to be here all day. So we gave him a snack. A little bit, he's a formula-fed baby drinking from a bottle. He had a little bit of a snack till he calmed down, chilled out, relaxed, sat down at the chair, and was fine with trying the solid foods. Especially with breastfed babies, this totally works because you know the volume that babies drink when they're breastfeeding versus a bottle is way less. So Jacob was one of those babies where if he saw what was left in the bottle, he would freak and flip. But like, so his mom just gave him a little bit of a snack to chill him out, put him back in the high chair. He was actually fine. Another technique that I learned from working with Jacob, who even like a few days into it was just like, a little bit more comfortable in the chair, to be honest. Practice makes a progress. And again, we don't feed a baby who's actively freaking out or screaming or throwing a fit because they could choke. But he was one of those babies that responded really well to block and bridge. For any of you who have had formal media training, perhaps you know the block and bridge approach. You block the question that you don't want to answer and you tactfully bridge it to an answer to a question that you wished that they asked you. So the application here with baby led weaning is distraction, basically. You put Jacob down. For example, I remember the day that we were doing pork. I think it was day four of baby led weaning for him. He was kind of freaking out still a little bit. And the pork was in strips with a bunch of juice in it. But I know from working with Jacob for three days that he loves the tiny spoon, the little baby led weaning spoon from Easy Peasy. So while he was kind of fussy, freaking out when I brought the food in, when I was trying to get stuff set up, I just gave him the tiny spoon. Now, does he need the tiny spoon to eat strips of baby led weaning pork carnitas with a bunch of low sodium broth? No, but having the spoon in his hand kind of chilled him out. He could gnaw on the spoon, he could play with it. And then when I got the food in front of him, kind of distract him and I just kind of yanked the spoon out of his hand and he actually went for the pork and picked it up. He didn't eat a ton of it, but the point was it chilled him out to have that 
tiny spoon. You can also do this with a tiny cup. It's not a good idea to start bringing a bunch of toys and iPads, et cetera, in there. But if, you know, I'm totally fine if there's another feeding implement on the table to let the baby have it to distract them from crying about being in the high chair and then redirect them back to the food that you're trying to get them to eat. Another technique is to reposition the baby. Sometimes a baby will cry or stress or fuss because they're uncomfortable in their high chair. So you can actually start by getting your baby comfortable in the high chair prior to six months of age. A lot of families at four and five months of age will put the baby in the high chair. We prefer high chairs that don't need a tray so you can pull the baby right up to the table so that they're participating in the meal with the rest of the family. You can give them the empty tiny cup. You can give them the empty tiny spoons. But you can get the baby familiar with being in the high chair even before they're safe to eat anything except breast milk or formula. And even when your baby is six months of age and starting solid foods, just take a look at the chair. A lot of the chairs have a bunch of extra CRAP that babies don't need, including cushions. Cushions are not developmental. Your baby's bottom is equipped with enough fat that they do not need a cushion. The cushion is, and any high chair manufacturer will tell you this, just a ploy to get you to buy an accessory. A baby does not need a high chair cushion. And by the way, you do not need one more food stained thing to clean. Every chair I've gotten, the manufacturers always send me the cushion and I'm like, thank you, put it in the closet in case the parent ever asked me about it, but I never use them, okay? You've got to make sure your baby is positioned properly. And sometimes the chairs, when they have the cushions with them, it actually interferes with proper positioning. My phone is bursting at the seams with photos of our kids. And over the years, I've tried all sorts of different ways to store and share them with family members. So for a while, I would just text out pictures to the grandparents. And then we tried a shared photo album. But some people were using Google Photos and others preferred Facebook Messenger for pictures. And the more kids we had, the messier it got. Then I stumbled across the Family Album app. The Family Album app was created to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with loved ones. It's a totally secure, personal haven for your family's memories. I love that there's no third-party ads, no unwanted eyes, and it's totally free. No more scrolling through endless feeds or searching folders to find the picture of the kid that you need right now. Another cool feature about the Family Album app is you can order eight free photo prints every month to be delivered to your home which if you think about how quickly your baby is changing, it's really nice to have some tangible pictures to hold onto or share to document the last month of your baby's life. If you're looking to level up your photo sharing and organization game with a secure, one-stop, easy-to-use photo organization app, head over to the App Store, search Family Album, download the Family Album app, and start creating a legacy of love one photo at a time. So remember, the goal is to get the three by 90 effect, meaning your baby's ankles are at a 90 degree angle resting flat on a solid foot plate, your baby's knees are at a 90 degree angle, and your baby's waist is at a 90 degree angle. This may require you to physically manipulate or adjust your baby. You might have to scooch their bottom forward to get the knees to bend. You may have to add something on top of the footrest that your high chair has. You may need to turn an adult bar stool or chair around and push it under the baby's dangly feet and then put a phone book or an Amazon box on top of it. But there might be some adjustments that you're going to need to get your baby to be comfortable sitting at that 90, 90, 90 angle. And if this information is new to you or you'd like to learn more about safe high chair positioning, be sure to listen to episode number 172. That was called High Chair Positioning. It was about reducing choking risk using this one simple move and that was an interview with Jeff Durkee of Nomi High Chair. He has great suggestions there for how to make positioning safe in lots of different high chairs and how the adjustable foot plate on the Nomi really helps to make it one of the safest chairs out there for your baby. Another strategy is come back later. There's no shame in the feeding failure game, right? Hey, guess what? 
today trying lamb didn't work out for the baby. Let's come back later. Let's come back after the nap. Babies will blow your mind. The same food that they wouldn't eat earlier in the day, they might eat later in the day. The same food that they love today, they're going to hate tomorrow. It's not you. Don't take it personally. It's totally fine to take a break. Come back later in the day. You already went to the effort to make that food. Bring it back later and try it again later. So I mentioned with Jacob that we were using the Nomi high chair. That's my favorite high chair for baby led weaning. It has that adjustable footrest that you can move without tools. It's got this really cool knob on it that modulates the adjustable foot plate and a separate knob that moves the adjustable seat. So what this allows you to do is to constantly be adjusting the seat and the footrest to meet your baby where they're at as they're growing that equate to the increments that your baby grows in. Because a lot of other chairs, even if they have an adjustable footrest, they only adjust in one inch increments, which those are not the increments in which your baby grows. So I love this chair because it's incredibly lightweight. It comes in a ton of different wood colors and different seat colors. So like if you're a matchy-matchy person and you want it to match your decor, and I'll be real, I'm not a furniture person, but like the nicest piece of furniture in my house is always the Nomi High Chairs. And I actually have a bunch of them for our older kids as well. They're wonderful. They grow with your child through to the teenage years. It can hold up to 300 pounds. I'm sitting in a Nomi High chair right now. It's my desk chair, but a fabulous investment because the reality is you've got to use this chair three times a day for the duration of your child's time with you. This is a chair that will actually grow with your baby into adolescence. So I know a lot of you are familiar with the Nomi High chair. It's only been available for sale in the United States for about the last three to four years. It's been around in Europe for a long time. It's really a lot different looking than other chairs, but a lot of those design features, all of those design features rather, are about helping your baby be independent and to participate in mealtimes with the family, as well as safety, especially in infant feeding. So again, it is certainly an investment. I kind of always laugh like parents who buy a $1,200 stroller then turn around and want a $30 high chair. I'm like, but you never even use that stroller. Why'd you sell your fancy stroller with the money that you make with it, turn around and buy a Nomi, which is something that you're actually going to use three times a day, again, for the foreseeable future. But if you're shopping this high chair, I do have a workaround for you for the Nomi and a way that you can get into this high chair, which I'm not permitted to share the details of it here on the podcast. But if you email me and you put Nomi in the subject line, that's N-O-M-I, I will write you back with the details of how you can get into this high chair at a point that I promise you will make you happy. So email me, katie at babyledweanteam.com or I'm gonna link in the show notes how you can just send me an email and it has Nomi in the subject line. And then I'm going to respond with a special tip that if you're shopping the Nomi High Chair, I promise you, you're going to love. So this is just for U.S. shipments only. I apologize. I only have an affiliate relationship with the Nomi distributor here in the United States. But if you're looking at this high chair, I want to make sure you can get into it. So I will link that information up as well as all the links mentioned in this episode, including other episodes that I've done about high chair safety. If you're like in the market for shopping a high chair right now, it's all going to be linked up at the show notes for this episode which you can find at blwpodcast.com slash 205. So if your baby doesn't love the high chair right now, hang in there, try some of those strategies. And now you have my email address. Send me an email. Let me know how they work. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time.
like a lot of moms out there, I will totally admit I am quite type A. I am a total task master. And one of my weekly work tasks is to review the feedback forms that are new students in my program, which is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro, that they leave for us. So basically, this form asks a lot of questions about you and your baby and your baby's feeding and medical history, any concerns that you might have or fears about starting solid foods. And all of this data helps me when I'm answering parent questions inside of our weekly live office hours so I can then tailor my response to your particular baby and situation, right? Because it's not a one-size-fits-all approach when it comes to what your baby's eating, right? Because maybe your baby has an egg allergy or another mom in the program. She might really be struggling with how to make meat safe because she doesn't like to cook. So this week on the forum, there's a new mom named Janine, and she wrote, and this is her quote, I researched a lot on the internet, and I have a lot of books. I saw a lot of other baby-led weaning programs, but in the end, this is the one that I realized is what I'm really looking for as a new mom. I love that Katie's program has a community and that there are videos for everything you need to know and how to make the foods. And what I love the most is that there's already a meal plan ready. And this just like stopped my heart because this is exactly why I created the Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro program. I wanted to literally put everything that you need to know about starting solid food safely in one place with a super easy to follow 20 full weeks meal plan. Okay, there's 20 weeks because it's five foods a week. I want your baby to get to those 100 new foods before they turn one because I also know you have a lot going on as a new mom and hunting and pecking all over the internet to try to figure out what am I going to feed this baby? That is not the solution. So if you want to check out the Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro program, I would be honored to work with you and your baby. You can head to babyledweaning.co to get started and hopefully I'll be reading your feedback soon too.